Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR dashboard company helping all of you HR and people leaders get rid of the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process you call HR reporting. That's right. We know that when most of you want to pull together some type of data-driven view of your workforce, you're usually pulling messy spreadsheets from one or multiple HR systems to put it all in one place, but you're all thinking, there has to be a better way. Well, there is. Look no further. That's why EmployCycle created your very own people dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. Are you using systems like ADP, Namely, Bamboo HR, Zenefits, Paylocity, 15.5, Lever, Lattice, you name it. You can automatically pull all your data into one place so you and your HR team can view, share, track, and analyze all your people data together. Look no further. Wait no longer. Go to EmployCycle.com. Check us out. Get a demo. Would love to learn how we could partner to help you automate your entire HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest on the show. So please help me welcome Michelle Boggs. She's the Director of People and Culture at Ironclad Technology Services. And today we're going to discuss how to personalize the recruiting process. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Michelle, welcome! Thank you so much for having me, Bruce. Thank you so much for being on the show. So, Michelle, I know you told me that you already listened to a few episodes, so you know that we're going to kick this off the best way we know how, which is by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Um, well, Bruce, I'm actually one of those few people in HR who pursued the field, I loved the people aspect, and once I grew more into it, I loved the idea of integrating the needs of the organization and the needs of the employees. Um, I think one of my greatest strengths and weaknesses is being able to see something from uh, various points of view, and I think yeah, that's that's great in business. Um, I, I don't think it's always great when when someone wants you to pick a side, um, but I really love uh, you know having that role. And so I got my start at a small staffing agency in rural Ohio, uh, where I recruited and hired onboarded training um, and handled uh, performance management um, and employee relations for warehousing and manufacturing roles. Uh, Worked for a wonderful leadership team there. Um, They trusted me a lot and would bring me into customer meetings to learn more about customers' pain points. Um, And that really allowed me to understand the business issues and allowed me to solve problems, uh, which is something I love doing. So eventually I moved to Virginia beach, um, entered the world of government contracting um, and um, kind of worked my way up from individual contributor to a manager. And um, most recently um, moved into a director role where I oversee the people experience and um, making a positive impact on the business and culture. Awesome. And thanks for that background. So I want to ask you, as we're talking about personalizing the recruiting process today, what does that mean exactly? 
And are we talking about personalizing it truly on a one-to-one basis, which seems pretty ambitious, but also seems pretty cool? What does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, ideally, um, every candidate is different. And um, so a lot of the technical talent that we reach out to, we think about it, they get bombarded with messages um, on a daily basis. So the way you're going to stand out is um, to really consider the information that you have, what would draw them to this opportunity um, that you may have. And so, I mean, you know, there are easy ways to simplify the process. So you could have some, you know, uh, general templates of say, um, what are the key touch points that you want to focus on um, uh, to highlight the role? But ideally when you are, calling up that candidate or you're, you know, building a, a drip email campaign, you are saying, Hey, here's the reason why you DevOps engineer um, would be perfect for this role. It's the project that you worked on at this company. It's similar to what we're working on here. Are you interested in, um, in having just a conversation with me? Um, and so yeah, to answer your question, I would say um, you should really. I know every every company is different, every role is different. Um, so what works for us might not work for other companies, um, but that's that's what works for Ironclad. And when you're talking about personalizing the recruiting process, are we talking about every stage, or are there specific stages that can be more personalized? And just to give an example, are we talking about personalizing the sourcing, but then also personalizing the outreach and then also personalizing the questions that you're being asked, which could potentially create some issues with bias and other things. So I'm trying to figure out how do you personalize it, but then also safeguard it so that everyone is getting the same exact experience where you're not having those biases. Great question. So yes, I would say in in the sourcing and candidate engagement um, and outreach is where it should really be personalized. Um, again, you want to stand out and uh, in a sea of other recruiters. And so um, I think sending individualized, personalized messages um, to these candidates is how you're going to stand out and get um, increased response rates. Um, however. Um, we do have a, a template. Um, we, we use Lever as our applicant tracking system, and we're able to set up um, templates for um, the recruiting team so that everyone is being asked um, the same question, or they are being asked the same questions. Got it. So if we are going to go into the area where it can be the most personalized, which is the, the outreach, the sourcing side, can you give us some examples of what that looks like? Are we reaching out to John and saying, hey, John, you seem like a person that would fit our culture because you love eating spaghetti and we have spaghetti happy hour at our company? Well, but we already know that you're a developer. So, yeah, of course, you would be an awesome candidate for that. But you like to swim and we have a swimming club at the company. What does that look like? Yeah, sure. So, I mean... Everybody on the internet, or I mean, there are a lot of people on the internet now, and they leave breadcrumbs on, you know, their 
Facebook profiles, LinkedIn, Instagram. So, I mean, it, the information is out there um, if you choose to use it. Um, I usually don't get that personal. Um, so I usually keep it pretty, uh, it depends on the situation. So for instance, um, you know, there was a, a cyber um, security subject matter expert that um, I, I was certain um, would be a perfect fit for the role. Again, I knew that this person probably received so many messages from people like myself. And so um, one way to stand out was um, uh, he had a, a hotmail address and, and no um, no shade if you have a hotmail address. I think that's very impressive. <laughs> it's very impressive. That means I'm throwing shade. I'm throwing shade if you have a hotmail address or a Yahoo address. <laughs> um, but, and so, you know, I, I kind of made a joke about that. And, and we went back and forth on this banter of, of Hotmail and Napster and, you know, AOL, AIM. And, and so it was just, just two people being people. Um, and, you know, cause I mean, that's, that's all you have. We're just, anyway, I'm trying to not get too philosophical, but um, it's important to just understand that the person on the receiving end is a human being. Um, and, you certainly, I would hope that you wouldn't want to waste anyone's time um, in reaching out to them. So if nothing else, we, we had a good laugh, but no, we did make a good connection with that candidate. In addition, um, you know, it, it could be more um, related to the, to the candidate's background and the company's background. So um, recently I reached out to a candidate um, very passively because I could tell I couldn't quite tell where they were in their, in their career journey. So I didn't want to come on too strong. And so, um, it, you know, I made the connection on LinkedIn, um, said something nice about something that they posted and then, um, said, Hey, you know what? I'd really be, um, disingenuous if I didn't tell you the real reason why I'm reaching out to you. Um, you've got this incredible history with the Navy ironclad's very strong, um, with, uh, with our, our Navy customers and, um, you, you're really going to understand our customers pain points in the roles that you have held, the leadership roles that you've held in the Navy and, um, your technical background, um, you know, exactly where they're headed, um, and would love to have a conversation with you. The gentleman actually had just signed an offer that morning, um, but was willing to have a conversation because, he knew that, that from a cultural standpoint and from a technical standpoint that um, we had something to offer him. So uh, I, those are, I guess, two different sides of the coin of you know how you can um, personalize your outreach to candidates. That's pretty interesting. And so for those who may not be very familiar with personalized marketing, that's actually been happening for a while where someone can go to a site and this usually happens in e-commerce. I don't know if it happens in media yet, but on different types of retail brands, websites, you can go there. And if you had looked at an ad for jeans or a certain type of t-shirt, then when you go to the site, that's what they're going to show you because they believe that you would resonate with that more than anything else to hopefully get you to buy whatever they're trying to sell you. 
And so I'm curious, is any of that happening on the candidate side when they go to your website? And if it's not happening with your company or you have never seen it happen, how do you think that that could potentially provide a more personalized experience as candidates get to your your career site? And then how, how could you personalize that experience to show them what you may think is the most important thing they care about in regards to working at your company? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I think that that technology it may already exist um, in, in recruitment marketing, um, but uh, we don't have the budget for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it, it's really important to offer that for candidates these days. I mean, I feel like um, we're in a world of hyper-personalization. So for me, it, it makes sense that um, uh, to, to be able to capture that data of the candidates' um, interests. And because if you think about it, I mean, it's, is it, it could be in their interest to maybe they're not familiar with um, a small company like yours and uh, or like with like ours. Um, so sorry, Bruce, I kind of fumbled that one. I don't know if you. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm, you know, I'm asking you questions on the spot and you're, you're knocking them out. So I like it. Let me ask you this. As I think about other areas of, of the recruitment process that could potentially be personalized, are there any, areas where you can do more subtle things just to show that you care or that you know a little bit more about them to even close the deal. So I'm, I'm almost thinking, is there a subtle way to personalize an offer letter? And not to say again, just to be silly, but somebody's really into sports and not to say there needs to be a, a baseball figure or a bat or something there on the offer letter, but how far do you think the personaliz- the personalization should go in regards to the entire recruiting and even potentially onboarding experience? Yeah, well, I think one of the easiest and, and most basic ways to personalize that process is, um, I mean, obviously frequent touch points throughout the uh, interview process, but I've always been of the mindset that if a candidate has spent enough time with you, um, you owe it to them to pick up the phone and let them know where they are on that journey, even if it's bad news, um, because I think they really appreciate that. And I know they do. And so at the very least, um, a phone call to let them know, um, you know, where they stand. Um, and then, yeah, I think as far as, um, I love that idea of personalizing the, the offer letter, um, and even the the onboarding process. I mean, Ironclad, as I mentioned, we're a very small company. Um, we do personalize the onboarding process in a way. I mean, nearly everybody gets a phone call from our um, HR generalist um, to to welcome them and just kind of let them know um, what to expect um, as as we go through that onboarding process. So, might be a difficult difficult thing to scale, but it works for us now. So. Um, yeah, I definitely think just, um, like I said, understanding that the other person um, that you hope to bring on board, they're going to be a teammate of yours. And so it's important to really get to know them. As we continue to go down this path of data security, data compliance, data privacy, we all know now that there's so much data about 
all of us on the internet right now that it can be viewed as scary, borderline creepy. And so from a personalization standpoint in the recruiting process, as HR and people leaders and recruiters are listening to this, I'm trying to anticipate a question that they would ask. And so I'm wondering, how do you make it very personalized where you clearly are talking to this person and it doesn't seem like you're just going after a spray and pray approach, but at the same time, it's not coming off as creepy to the point where, why do you even know this about me? (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think there are some people who, uh, some recruiters who may take that approach. Um, I, I I sort of feel like there's a line, um, again, that is really, um, I would say an individual, um, preference from the, the, from the recruiter standpoint. Um, okay. And then the last question that I have for you is if there's somebody listening here thinking, man, I, I really appreciate this, Michelle. I never really thought about personalizing this process. I now need to process, I now need to personalize this process even more because of our remote workforce then how should I go about trying to show our culture through this process? So how is it personalized from the candidate perspective, but then also how do I personalize it enough so that they feel the culture at our company, even though they're never going to see all of us in an office? Maybe that will happen at some type of retreat when we all come together. But up until that point, the only person they're going to be in contact with is me as the person that's trying to get them to work here. How would you answer that? Oh, that's a great question. I would say to that, um, so the culture should be reflected through all of the touch points. And I think that um, the that really starts with hiring the people who um, really drive Ironclad's values or your company's values. So, um, you know, if you're hiring managers, um, teammates throughout the hiring process who reflect your values, um, then I think that's probably one of the best ways to showcase your culture. It's kind of, you know, you, you can have the, the biggest budget for, you know, employer branding and recruitment marketing and a fancy website. But um, I feel like if it's reflected in the people um, that you interact with, then it'll stand out throughout the entire process. Michelle, thank you so much for being such an awesome and candid podcast guest. And also thank you for entrusting me to take care of your brand since this is the very first podcast that you've been on. I really appreciate that and appreciate the opportunity. So thanks so much. Woo! Go Michelle! So, Michelle, where can people find you and Ironclad Technology Services online? Um, They can find me on LinkedIn. It's Michelle Boggs. And um, the company website is uh, www.ironcladts, T as in technology, S as in services.com. And thank you so much, Bruce. Oh, of course. Of course. And so... If you want any of that contact information, we'll be sure to include it in the show notes when this is posted. 
So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this episode as much as Michelle and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you have any other way that you think recruiting could be personalized, leave us a note somewhere, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I'm not the biggest social media person, but if you leave it and tag me, I'll definitely check it out. Also, if this is the very first time you're listening to our Employee Cycle podcast, and now that you've heard this interview, you're hungry for more, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.